0: This evening, and I want to preach to you a message that's just been really something that's kind of been on my heart lately, something that has been a real burden for me and and something I've been praying about with the Lord. And, And I really believe, not just personally, but as a church, it's something that we need to keep before us. So in Exodus 33... Some interesting things have transpired. Uh, Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai getting the law from the Lord. And and, uh, God gave him, obviously, the Ten Commandments, but so much more. The instructions for the tabernacle and worship and what it all entailed. And then at the end of that, he comes down off the mountain and Israel's made themselves a golden calf to worship. And... And uh, what a tragic and disappointing, really, first uh, first failure, uh, the nation of Israel after they've left Egypt. And so the Lord deals with that. And as He has told Moses that He's going to lead him into the Promised Land, He then says to them, uh, to him, that He's going to go ahead and fulfill His promise and bring them into the Promised Land. But He said, I can't go with you because. Basically, my presence will consume you because of the wickedness uh, of of the people. And and Moses, there, and we've talked about this before, stopped and and basically said, Lord, if you're not going to go with us, if your presence isn't going with us, then we're not going any further. We don't want to, you know. And it's a tremendous statement that he makes. You know, if thy presence go not with us, carry us not up hence, he says. In other words, I'd rather live in the wilderness in the presence of God than in the promised land without it. And uh, I hope that would be your heart and mine as well, that the the blessings of this life are nothing if not for the presence of God in our lives. And that's what we need more than anything. And so all this has transpired leading up to the passage that we're going to be looking at tonight. And if you're in Exodus 33, I'll invite you to stand with me for the reading of the scripture. Verse number 17 it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. He's referring to uh, he, his presence will go before them. He will lead them into the promised land. But then Moses responds with an interesting request. It's almost like he, he never even bothers to stop and say, Lord, thank you for, for being merciful and promising to go with us. He simply says to him, I beseech thee, verse 18, show me thy glory. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face for there shall no man see me and live and the Lord said behold there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by and I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen and I want to Preach to you tonight on the subject of never being satisfied. Never being satisfied. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, tonight as we look into your word, speak to us, Lord, I I pray. Father, we don't need to hear tonight man's opinion, but we do need to hear from you. And Lord, If any one of us here is honest with you, we would have to admit that we have room to grow in our relationship with you, our love for you, our knowledge of you, our passion for serving you. And I pray that you would help us here tonight to be convicted, Lord, of any complacency that we have toward you and our relationship with you. And help us, Lord, to leave here tonight with a deeper passion and desire to know You in a greater way. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Moses, the man of God, Moses the prophet, Moses the man who God spoke to from the burning bush and told him that He had ordained him or appointed him to lead His people out of Israel. Moses, the man that met with God on Mount Sinai for forty days and forty nights with With no food or water being sustained only by the presence of the Lord, defying all odds. Listen, you can live for a while without food. You can't go 40 days physically without water. But Moses did because he was in the presence of the Lord and God sustained him there. By the way, you read on a little bit further and he goes back up into the mountain spends another 40 days and 40 nights with no food and water. But God sustained him there. This Moses who God said he called him his friend and said that he would speak to him face to face or mouth to mouth as a man speaketh with his friend. this man Moses, when he had an opportunity to make a request to God for something in his life. Think about this. If you could ask God for anything, what would you ask him? Moses said, I beseech thee, show me... Thy glory. Do you know what he's requesting? Do you know what he's asking here? He's saying, God, I don't know you like I want to know you. I haven't seen you like I want to see you. And I am pleading with you, I'm requesting of you that you would reveal yourself to me in a way that you've never revealed yourself before. Show me Thy glory. Tonight, as as we consider this truth and this statement that, that Moses made, I believe it's important for each of us here to really examine our own hearts and our own lives with this question Am I satisfied with where I am spiritually? Am I satisfied tonight with the degree to which I know God? Am I satisfied in my walk with Him? Am I satisfied in my prayer life? Am I satisfied staying? If nothing ever changed in my life from now until the time the Lord calls me home, would that be good enough? I believe that for every one of us, God desires that we would be continually seeking something more. When it comes to our relationship to Him, our service to Him, our fellowship with Him, our, our love for Him, I believe that God would have every one of us to seek to know Him more. And so tonight on this subject, there's a few principles that I want to just point out to you. And, and the first is, that, is just that God wants us to continually be growing. God's design and plan and purpose in your life, in your spiritual life, is not for you to be stagnant. God does not want you to reach a point of spiritual plateau. Now some of us here have been saved longer than others. Some of you have maybe been saved for many decades you know 30 40 maybe 50 years or more you've known the Lord and in many ways you have reached a point hopefully of some spiritual maturity where you've gotten some victories in your life and you've kinda gotten in a rhythm of walking with God and 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 you're actively serving the Lord at least it ought to be that way but even you ought never to reach a point in your life where things just kinda level off and there's no more need or desire for you to grow closer to him in fact as we look at the scriptures there's this constant recurring theme where the Lord is calling us to a deeper relationship with him and a deeper love for him and a a, a, a deeper heart for God I think that's what we're seeing in the life of Moses here is he's saying Lord I've I've seen you I've been with you In in Mount Sinai, I've I've heard your voice. I've seen your works. But Lord, I don't know you like I want to know you. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I want to know you more. The disciples asked Jesus in Luke 17 and verse number 5. They said, increase our faith. Increase our faith. I wonder when, when was the last time that you prayed something like that to the Lord? Lord, increase my faith. Grow me. Uh, take me to another level that I haven't been to before. Draw me closer to you than I have been before. We sang some songs tonight. Higher ground. L- Lord, lift me up. Uh, draw me closer to you. Plant my feet on higher ground. We sang more love to Thee, O Christ. More love to Thee. I hope that as you sang that song, the, the words were more than just things coming out of your mouth, but from your heart you were crying out to God and saying, Lord, I, I want to love you more. And, and as long as my life continues to, to my very last breath, I want my last breath to be more love to thee, O Christ. I want to continue growing in my love for God and my relationship with God until he calls me home. You see, God's plan for you was not simply to save you so that you could have a ticket to heaven and and an escape from hell and then to just leave you as you are. But He works in our lives to change us. He's called us to Christ-likeness. He's commanded us to be conformed to the image of Christ and transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that means that we need to be continually changing It's a wonderful truth that God loves you just as you are, but He doesn't want you to stay just as you are. He wants to work in your life. I want you to hold your place here in Exodus 33, but go forward with me to the New Testament in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number 1, if you would. Philippians 1... And we'll pick it up in verse number 3. Paul's writing to this church at Philippi, a church that was very dear to him. These people were his friends. They were his brothers and sisters in Christ and those who were fellow laborers in his ministry. And he, from his heart and under Holy Spirit inspiration, says in verse number 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know what he's saying? I'm confident that God began a work in you. And if you're here today and you have been saved, you can be confident of that very thing. God began a work in you at the moment of salvation. Let me say, He did not complete His work on the day of your salvation in your life. He didn't make you exactly what you needed to be the moment you got saved. He began a work in you But what Paul is saying here of these people that he loves, he says, I'm praying and I'm confident that the one who began the work in you will perform that work, that he'll continue that work until the day of Jesus Christ. Until the day that Christ returns, I believe and am confident that God will continue His work in your life. Can I ask you, Christian friend, is God continuing to work in you? Look down at verse number 9, if you will. He says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. You say, well, I mean, what, was Paul disappointed in these people? Did, did he believe that they were lacking in some area? He wasn't disappointed in them. But there was something he realized. God has more for them. God has something. He wants to take them to another level. He wants to to grow them beyond where they are today. And Christian friend, and Mount Zion, I want to say to all of us here, I'm thankful for everything that God has done leading up to this day. I'm thankful for the work that He's done in your life and mine. But we ought never be satisfied and believe that He has done what He started. Our prayer ought to always be, Lord, you began the work. Continue performing the work. Draw me closer. Make me more like Christ. Is there something in your life? Is there some area in which God could draw you closer to himself? An area where the Lord could give you victory? Certainly all of us could say that there is, uh, that we have not yet reached A point of complete knowledge and love for God. There is more. God wants to do more in your life. That's the first principle. Second principle, complacency is the enemy of growth. Complacency is the enemy of growth. Just about the time that you and I start to think that we've got this thing kind of figured out. And we become comfortable and we begin to coast. That's a pretty good sign that we're becoming much like the Laodicean church who are lukewarm. Listen, many of us here can talk about our service to God in yesteryear. The things that we used to do for the Lord. The things that God's done in our lives over the years we can point to those things and I praise God for that but if we're trying to live life today based on what happened back then we're probably deceiving ourselves and not realizing that we're actually backsliding. Right. Go with me if you would to Revelation chapter 3 I mentioned that church at Laodicea that the Lord addressed and really rebuked and he gave a scathing rebuke more than any of the other churches the seven churches that were listed in revelation chapters two and three and he 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 tells them that he's disgusted by them essentially he says that they're lukewarm and he wants to spew them out of his mouth And and I want you to read what he says here in verse, let's start in verse 14 of Revelation 3. It says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I wouldest wouldest thou work cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Listen to verse number 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. What was the biggest problem with the church at Laodicea? They thought they were okay. I have need of nothing. God, I've already been to Mount Sinai. I already heard you speak out of the burning bush. I saw you part the Red Sea. I mean, I, I've, I've seen your hand at work. I, you know, I guess I'm ready to live out the rest of my days content. And then I'll go to heaven. Not Moses. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I want to know you more. God wants you to continue growing. Complacency is the enemy of that growth. And here's the third and final principle tonight in this message. In this life, we will never come to a completeness in our knowledge and love for God. But, there is always opportunity to grow closer. In this life, we will never reach a state of completion. But, God always makes a way for us to grow closer. Let's go back to Exodus chapter number 33. And I want you to notice this. Moses has made this plea. I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And I want you to notice God's response. It's as though God's not taken by surprise. Isn't that interesting? Nothing takes God by surprise. But he just simply responds with an answer. Verse 19 of Exodus 33, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Again, a human being cannot know me in that kind of way this side of heaven. You'll never be able to see my face. A sinful human being can't stand in the presence of Almighty God without dying. No man shall see my face and live, Moses. But I've got a place. Verse 21, and there's, behold, there is a place by me, he said. And thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that... I will put thee in the cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts but my face shall not be seen. Moses, what you ultimately desire is not possible as long as you're living on this earth. You can't see my face. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to see more of me than any other person that's ever lived. Think about that. I know that this side of heaven I'll never be completely sinless. And I will never have perfect knowledge or perfect love for my God. But as much as humanly possible, I sincerely desire to be closer to God than any other person has ever been. Not because I want to have a leg up on everyone else. I just want to be as close to God as I could possibly be. And I know that I'm not there yet. And neither are you. But God has made a way for us to draw near to Him. And he said in James chapter 4, Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto thee. And I believe that tonight, though we will never be perfect in this area, that there is opportunity for you and for me to grow closer to God than we've ever been before. And God invites you to it. And desires that we would desire that for ourselves. One more place I want you to go tonight, Philippians 3, if you would. We were in Philippians 1 a moment ago. Paul talked about his desire for the, the Christians there, the members of the church there in Philippi. But in Philippians 3, he talks about his desire for himself. And and really pours out his heart of, of his passion and his desire to know the Lord. And verses 7 through 10 talk about his his passion to know the Lord and, and draw closer to Him. But he says in verse number 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That's an interesting statement. What's he talking about? Paul's not saying I'm, I want to, to reach a level of, you know, I want to do enough good things that God will accept me and I'll, you know, be able to go to heaven, I'll I'll, I'll attain unto the resurrection. That's not what he's talking about. Here's what he's saying. Think about this with me. 1 John 3 tells us, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Do you know what it means to attain unto the resurrection of the dead? That when Christ returns, and we are resurrected, we will be like Jesus and Paul said my life's pursuit is that I would be like him that I might attain under the resurrection of the dead look at verse number 12 not as though I had already attained either were already perfect but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I I, I don't consider that I've reached that state yet. But this one thing I do. Please notice he didn't say this is one thing I do. He said this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then he gives an invitation. He says, let us therefore, as many as be perfect, those of us who are saved, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. If there's something else that's consuming your focus, God needs to get a hold of your heart. Because God's desire for you is that you would be passionately pursuing Him. This one thing I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. That means I'm letting go of my past failures. I'm also letting go of my past successes. And I'm pressing forward to be like Jesus and to know Him. And I'm living my life with that pursuit. He said, let us all all be thus minded. And friend, tonight I just want to say to you from a heart of love, God wants to do more in your life. Don't be satisfied with where you are. If you're a young person here tonight, you ought to make it your, life, your life's goal. I want to know God And if you're here tonight, and you might be the oldest person in the building, your life's pursuit ought to be, I want to know God. More love to Thee, O Christ. More love to Thee. I beseech Thee. Sinai wasn't enough. The burning bush wasn't enough. The Red Sea wasn't enough. Show me Thy glory. God said, there's a place by me. There's an opportunity for you to draw closer to me. Christian friend, you want to take that opportunity tonight? And cry out to God from a heart that says, Lord, make me ever more like my Savior. Draw me closer to Him. Lord, if there's sin in my life standing between me and you, get rid of it. Purge it. If there are idols in my life, things that I valued above You, get rid of them. Tear them down so that I can live for You in a deeper way. Lord, draw me closer. Give me a deeper prayer life. Give me a deeper passion to know You and Your Word. I beseech Thee, show me Thy glory. Don't ever be satisfied with where You are.